How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's continue our conversation about cannabis. And so uh, for today's podcast, I want to talk about the evil truth about legalized marijuana, because for all of its good that it's doing and, and all of this national conversation about legalizing marijuana and states starting to come on board and 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 starting to get away from just medicinal marijuana, but also recreational marijuana. There's just always, always corporate America that wants to get involved with this. And so the, the way it works with most states that become um, recreationally legal is um, the way it works is that you can't just as a person, let's say it, the law passes tomorrow in your home state and you're able to um, you know, consume marijuana legally and, you know, you have a considerable amount of savings and you want to open up your own dispensary. It's just not as easy as just going out and paying for a license and then, you know, renting out some real estate and going ahead and just starting up your own little dispensary. It doesn't work like that for most states, sadly. And so the way it works is generally um, what's really holding back legalization in, in some states is sometimes the the municipalities and 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 the um the your state government but another side of it as well is dispensaries existing dispensaries um so i want to say there's anywhere between 10 to 13 recreational states right now but there's about 33 to 35 states that allow medicinal marijuana and in those states that allow medicinal marijuana generally you have to get it through a dispensary those dispensaries that already have a footprint or have had a footprint in a while um they lobby really hard with their local governments to really kind of give them the priority when it comes to recreational marijuana. And what I mean by like priority, meaning that uh, medicinal and recreational licenses are in two different categories generally. And so if you're a medicinal, you have to apply for a recreational license as well. And most of the time states will probably give, um, the, the companies that already have medicinal footprints, a, a head start to like acquire the license because they've already proven that they have the infrastructure, they have the training and everything of that nature. And it's a little bit easier. So I understand why you would want to go with a medicinal company first um, when you issue licenses. But the problem is, is that before these laws even get put in place, a lot of these medicinal companies, they know that eventually competition is going to be coming into their uh, in, into their state or into their local cities. And so what they do is they campaign really hard to give them uh, a monopoly, per se, of of a footprint of area around their dispensary. So essentially, they, they say, okay, well, if you're going to pass recreational marijuana, that's going to kill our business, which there is some truth to it because obviously the more competition, um, the more it impacts companies' numbers, but that's just capitalism and that's why we don't have companies that just have monopolies. Well, most of the time don't have monopolies on, on different industries. But um, so what they do is they put these, these regulations in place that uh, tell states like, hey, no dispensary can be X amount of distance away from me. And um, you can only issue like X amount of licenses per year. And so generally... The, the amount of licenses is like a super low number. It's normally just like to start off with just a number of medicinal dispensaries are already out in the state. So let's say there's 10 dispensaries. They have a rule in place that says, okay, these, these dispensaries get 
you know, the recreational license as long as they can pass like certain measures and qualifiers, which most of them can. And then the following year, like every year after that, they only issue out like two to three licenses. And so it makes it really hard for you to want to get into the industry. And on top of that, the fees are ridiculous. So to like own a dispensary license is like upwards of like a million dollars plus just to apply for a license. That doesn't include anything else. That doesn't include employees, infrastructure, anything, products, nothing. And so it already starts out being expensive just to get into the industry, just to apply to be in the industry. But on top of that, it's it's super regulated by these companies. And then the sad truth as well for us consumers is that most of these law is just like this in Nevada. It's going to be like this in Florida. Florida, like, sadly, that's where I'm from. So I can speak about Florida as well. One of the reasons why Florida, it doesn't have recreational marijuana now is um, part of it is the state government. And a lot of it also is the existing um, dispensary footprints that are already there. They are trying really hard to make it so that the licenses available to new people is almost near impossible to get. They really want to have a monopoly on on any medicinal dispensary right now just wants to have a monopoly on everything. So they don't want additional competition. So they're fighting really hard and it's looking like the the legislation eventually when it does pass, will be passing with that kind of language in there, sadly, just because they're just paying a ton of money to lobby for this. And their argument is that, Hey, we're experienced. Hey, we have, you know, already an establishment. You can trust us. We've been following the rules, but honestly, they're just trying to hold a monopoly over the area. And then another sad truth is that let's say it does become recreational in your state. It's going to be like this in Florida. It's like this here in Nevada and just like a lot of other recreational states. Let's say you do, uh, for instance, you know how to grow marijuana and now it's recreationally legal and you can grow um, and you know how to grow plants and you really want to just, you know, do it yourself. You can't. It's against the law because a lot of these dispensaries, what they do is that to minimize competition from like local dealers what they'll do is they'll put legislation in place that says that no one can grow flour unless normally there's an exception. The exception is like medicinal purposes. So like if you're medical, then you can get away from with it. But if you're not medical, then essentially you're not allowed to grow marijuana plants of your own unless you're within a hundred mile radius away from your local dispensary, which is just insane because if you think about it here in Nevada, there's no city outside of a hundred miles <laughs> Of, of Las Vegas, Reno, um, you know, it's just desert. And so unless you want to start your own town in the middle of nowhere, which has its own complications as well, then you're kind of, you're screwed. You're going to, you're forced to have to go to dispensaries and have to pay, you know, whatever the dispensary fees are and, and product costs are. And so um, I, I love the direction and tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to be talking about my perspective on, recreational marijuana and and medicinal marijuana and my thoughts on it you know i might be a consumer but i still have my input and thoughts on on just the general usage of cannabis but it sucks for like myself who would love to learn how to grow a flower or grow plants and just you know want to like see what that's like you're i'm technically not allowed to unless i have a medicinal license to circumvent that those laws and it sucks because i've always wanted to grow a marijuana plant um i've never done it 
Uh, I've only done it once and it was in Florida and it got destroyed. Um, but I mean, I've never had like the ability to grow it somewhere where it's, you know, legal to consume it, which sucks. Um, so it, it's, there's, for me, it's great that there's becoming more of a national conversation about cannabis. And I think there needs to be more conversation about it. There needs to be, the stigma needs to be removed about just the negative tendencies and, and cannabis being a, a gateway drug. It's not a gateway drug. A lot of the stuff that the DEA has been pushing in their agenda to try to get people to think so negative about cannabis. Do I think like the cartels in Mexico that, you know, have produced marijuana for a long time and have shipped it through Mexico through uh, or to the U.S.? And the people that have died because of, of marijuana, illegal marijuana, yeah, that's sad. It's horrible. But that would never exist if marijuana was legal to just grow here in the States. There would never be a cartel in Mexico. We would be doing Mexico a favor as well if we were to just allow it federally illegal here in this country. And it, it just sucks because the only way – it's like one of the sad things about capitalism. It's just that for things to happen, it needs to have – uh, a financial a financial like perspective towards it. So like if it makes money and governments can see like, oh shit, we can make tax money off of it. Let's start to legalize it. And businesses are like, wow, we can make a ton of money as long as there's not that much competition in our area. Let's regulate competition. And, you know, there's a big consumer base that we can we could take away from like the the dealers here. Um it just it just sucks because like unless all of this had to do with money. None of this conversation would happen. None of it. I mean, we would be going, you know, decades still without just thinking about cannabis in general. And so, and, and what can the people do? Honestly, I mean, until it becomes legal in your state, you could try to fight. You could try to get like a group of people to petition and, and sign a lot of legislation and, and, you know, reach out to your, your elected uh, officials. But Sadly, what's becoming more of a normality in this country and in the state governments and local governments as well is that money really di does dictate a lot of these uh, politicians' directions about the way that they handle laws and what laws are going to be implementing. And our voices are becoming less and less important. I mean, they are important, but they're not important at the same time. It's like to our face, they'll tell us all day long, like, hey, we support what you believe in and all of this. But then when you see the legislation that they pass it goes against everything they say and all of them, all parties do it left, right, centrist. They all do it. It's just, a, it's a sad reality. And the only reason they do that is because, you know, they have special interests and people that have put a ton of money into their campaigns and you know, they, they don't want to lose the opportunity to, to be in office. This whole idea of being in office. Anyways, I'm getting into a tangent though. That, that's for another time. I do want to do a whole podcast on just like government. Um, so yeah, so that, unfortunately, that's the sad reality about legalized marijuana. I just want to bring that up to, to a lot of people. People don't really realize that. You know, you might buy marijuana and think that, oh, shit, like people in legal states, they can just grow it and whatever. It's like, no, it's not like that. And then you might think that, oh, shit, like I have a ton of money. I could get into a state. It's like the numbers are killing it out there. Let me go out there and start my own dispensary. You're not going to be able to. The only way you're going to be able to is like if you buy out an existing dispensary. And good luck. Because most of these dispensaries aren't like owned by a single owner. They're nowadays big corporate companies. Uh, I'm not going to name them just because <laughs> I do some affiliations with them, but 
some big corporate cannabis companies essentially own like the dispensaries themselves. And so you might see a different name of a dispensary, but if you look at the owner, the owner owns like four or five of the, of the dispensaries with different names in that area. And so they're not going to be, you're not going to be able to buy them out because they're multi-billion dollar industries at this point, like co- uh, corporations. But um, yeah, I just want to bring that to, to perspective. Uh, obviously with every good subject, there has to be the up, opposite side of things as well. Uh, nothing's ever black and white. And there's always a lot of gray and there's, here's the gray in this industry. But ultimately I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast tomorrow. I, like I said, I will be talking about my perspective of, of cannabis and what I think is right. And what I think is, is wrong about, um, usage of, of cannabis, not so much all this stuff. I already talked about it, but again, thank you guys all for listening to my podcast and I will catch all of you manana. Peace.